What a day it are. In so many ways. So many ways. Happy Valentine's Day. I'm supposed to get that out first. For those of you who, you know, hey, you've got to buy the card. The American greeting card industry is a modern marvel of capitalism the, 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 that has gotten us to buy birthday cards and Christmas cards. And we have to send those, right? You have to send them weeks before. And you have Valentine's Day, of course. And then you got birthdays and anniversaries, Mother's Day and Father's Day. And who knows? I don't know. Antiquated Grandparents Day or, I don't know, Adopt-A-Kid Day. You could have a million different greeting card days. Groundhog Day. I'm waiting for Groundhog Day cards to become a thing. Again, modern miracles. In the flower industry, if you've ever toured Ecuador and been to Ecuador and look at the side of those mountains where they grow all these American flowers, they get them from there to here in two days or less, that is an amazing, amazing machine that can get flowers from a side of a mountain in Ecuador to you and your loved one or the person at least that you want to tell you love. You know, you get those out there and you're good. Hopefully you're good. Of course, most men... Most men, most of you, I know one of my side businesses is a jewelry store. So I know most men wait till the last minute because they're the ones that come in the door and want something at the last minute. Chad Adams sitting in for Pete Callender. Pete Callender uh, taking a couple days off to pursue the American dream. He's not in a foreign country. Well, maybe for those of you in Mecklenburg, he could be, you know, crossing the border into Gaston County, an entirely different place. By the way, Gaston County going maskless with the kids. So it seems like a foreign country. At least freedom keeps breaking out in these, you know, these places around Mecklenburg County, but Pete's out there somewhere, and well, I don't know, maybe he's picking out faucets and fixtures. Who knows? But we look forward to Pete coming back, and it's an honor and a thrill to be here. Valentine's Day. Hope he's having fun with his, and it, it is a beautiful day. By the way, so many different things to talk about, and if you would like to get in on the conversation today, there's a, many ways you can do it. The easiest, quickest, and by the way, a couple of you that called in Friday would love to have you call back in today. Calls always come first. Want you guys to be a part of the broadcast. 704-570-1110. That's 704-570-1110. You've got the situation, by the way, didn't know if you knew this, avocados were banned from being imported to the U.S. the day before the Super Bowl. For those of you that saw the Super Bowl avocado commercial, banned, didn't know that. We can stop avocados, but we just can't stop people from coming across the border. Also, you know, you had the Super Bowl itself. You had the halftime show. It seemed to garner more press media attention than the game itself. Not unusual. Then the other story behind the Super Bowl that, that's making the waves, California is still on a mask mandate for kids in schools. While And the Super Bowl technically, even though they had a vaccine requirement, or, or mat, they had a mask requirement inside that stadium. People forget that. But when you saw all of Hollywood on display, every time they would cut away, nobody was wearing a mask. So how could you in good conscience send your kids to school being forced to wear a mask when you saw you know these people jammed in tight socializing right next to each other with no mask. Again, none of the stories I just went through are the actual Super Bowl. None of them. None of them. About Boomer or L.A., none of them. Uh, then you've got the Clinton scandal. Yes, the new, the, the Russia, Russia, Russia. Remember Russia, Russia, Russia? It turns out Russians weren't having anything to do with the Trump campaign or the White House. It was the Clinton campaign that wanted to drum up and, and, and the, the Durham indictments fall and more of them are coming. And mainstream media is desperately trying to avoid this mea culpa that they were wrong. They were completely wrong. So much going on. And then there's a fun one, by the way, Roy Cooper. Uh, you know, Because you have to keep our governor. You have to cover what's happening in North Carolina because we have redistricting coming up. We don't know when our primary date is going to be, who's going to run for office, what district they're going to be in. There's a lot of uncertainty out there. It makes people uncomfortable. They might have to take some Xanax. And then we'd have to run another commercial about the wonders of Xanax. But – our wonderful governor weighed in a few days ago on the 10th 
Friday about a hockey team or a hockey player, I should say. It was about the Hurricanes, and it was, an, it was an odd tweet. I want to get into the details because a lot of folks in the media miss this as I'm reading it because I've been tracking Roy Cooper's tweets for some time. This is a, a notoriously secretive governor, and the only time he actually tweets is when it's something very mundane. Good. It's Let me re- rephrase that. He only tweets when it's mundanely pos- positive. He'll, it's either an attack on Republicans or – a job announcement. We're glad that people hired a thousand new people in North Carolina. Economy's been doing fine in North Carolina. In spite of COVID, our economy moves forward. He decried the tax cuts. He decried the, the way the Republicans spent. But all through those tax cuts, all through the, the the management of the state's budget by Republicans, Cooper signed his first budget this year, this past year. He vetoed all the rest of them. He only has these tweets. And you know this because he signs his name R.C. Not the cola, but for Roy Cooper. So RC signs his own his own things. So um, <laughs> I love. By the way, I love the staff here at WBT. Great, greatest station in the state, and they have to keep people like me straight because you know I've I have mangled more than one syllable with respect to nomenclature of people that help out with the show. Boomer Von Cannon, Mark, and Mike. These it's great staff, amazing people that are, that are really there and. Th- they make people like me sound decent. And Ryan, I can't thank Ryan enough. So I'm going to try to make it through today's show, get these names right. Even though I'm the four, I, 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 I have a Vax card, but I didn't need to show it to do the show today, which was kind of nice. I haven't had to show it all because I'm in the land of far, far away. But I appreciate all that. Now, into the story, into the, the mix. I want to get into the Roy Cooper story first because I think it's funny. A- as I'm going through this, it's a, it's a, it's a weird, it, it's just a weird story. Um, about Roy and the way in which he attacked a, a hockey player, which is oh, oh, the other story I want to get to. The Winter Olympics likely to be the coldest ever global warming, the coldest global warming Winter Olympics in global warming history. And it's astounding because they're projecting, and I, I had to look this up because the rest of the world doesn't use Fahrenheit. They, they use Celsius, and th- that makes you know makes us look bad. Oh, you silly Americans! You should use you should use fat. You should use Celsius. You you Americans drive on the wrong side of the road. You you're silly. You should use metric. Anyway, it's going to be it's forecast to be a bone chilling minus thirty four degrees Celsius this week. Just if you're keeping track, that's minus almost minus thirty Fahrenheit. So you get to thirty two where it's freezing, you get to zero where it's damn it cold, and then you go to minus thirty degrees Fahrenheit, and that's how cold it's predicted to be in the coming week. The coldest previous game, by the way, record nineteen ninety four global warming, nineteen ninety four when it averaged around minus twenty five degrees Celsius. At that time, the folks were afraid that it was going to be too cold for the reindeer to function. The reindeer. Chad Adams sitting in for Pete Counter here at News Talk 1110-993 WBT. As Pete's exploring the vast wilderness to the west of Charlotte, outside the city skyline, the cement jungle, it's, it, there's trees and stuff out there. There's a lot of green areas he can walk around in, explore, meet strange new people they call conservatives in Gaston County. Now, uh, if you want to get on the conversation, please give us a call, 704-570-1110, 704-570-1110. Ryan will do everything he can to communicate with me, make sure that uh, you get on as soon as possible, because we love, I look, I love having you guys on, yeah, always. You guys make the show. Listeners make every great radio show, especially this one. Um, now, 
On to El Governor. Now, strange, just a strange tweet. This is more humorous than profoundly deep. We'll get into deep stuff later because this whole Russian scandal, Russia, Russia, Clinton, Clinton, Clinton scandal is, is profound and deep and it's got intricacies and it's it's hard. And most of the thing that's most damning about it is that a lot of media is trying to ignore it as if it's like, you know, a scab that'll just go away. It'll fall off on its own and no one will have to pay attention to it. So having said that, here's Roy Cooper on the 10th. From his Twitter account, it, it, it's, a, it's a strange tweet. For you, for you folks that are hockey fans, it's not. And, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the tweet. It's just an oddity. It's, it's profoundly witty. It is a cheap shot. It is very you – you have to understand the sport of hockey to have written this. Because if I read it to you and you don't watch hockey, it's like, I don't know, like you know someone that's in football, expl- uh, you know, I don't know. Another impressive win by our at Canes against the at NHL Bruins tonight, Roy Cooper's Twitter account says, wouldn't have mattered if the Lamborghini Marchand had played his cheap shots last night. will give him a lot more time to post pretentious, misleading, smaller hockey market tripe anyway. Now, there's a lot in here. For those of you paying attention, you're like, well, okay, that's the governor taking a shot at, at a hockey. Great. It's funny. It's actually funny if you know what he's talking about. And if you don't, It's kind of like, okay, that's just another tweet. But here's the interesting part about this. It's the governor trying to look like he gets along with the everyman. And this is someone who's been in political office since the early 90s. He is no more connected to everyday American lives than someone that grew up in the jungles of Costa Rica. It's just he's, he's, he's lived in a very political world. This is someone who doesn't like to communicate via phone. He doesn't like to communicate via email, so he can't really relate to you folks and the rest of us, me, anyone else, in the way everybody has communicated for the past 20 years. He's been, ever since 1992, he has been an aspiring governor and done everything to stay away from everything and not really develop much of a personality in the process, other than he can't stand Republicans. But this, what's so fascinating about this tweet, and deep in the weeds in the world in which I live, and I peel back the layers of an onion that is the world of politics in North Carolina, when you look at this one, it's not from him. And it says at the very top, if you go to the, the Roy Coopers, it's at Roy Cooper NC. You know, it's, 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 it's well, maybe it is him. I don't know. It, it's usually he, he, he signs RC or at Governor Cooper, and he'll sign those RC. So maybe it is, but you have to be deep in the weeds. So when I read this, this is really, this is really deep. The Bruins were thoroughly beaten by the Hurricanes last Thursday. Uh, and Boston will be back on Saturday, so they played Saturday. But I want to go to explaining Roy Cooper's Brad Marchand tweet. Following the 6-0 loss to the Hurricanes on Thursday, suspended Boston winger Brad Marchand was the subject of a tweet by the North Carolina governor. Another impressive win. I, re- I read it to you. So it's not every day that a state governor talks trash to a hockey player, but there's history there. He's currently suspended for punching and high-sticking Penguins goaltender Tristan Jerry in a 4-2 loss, which Cooper alluded to. Prior to that, Marshawn had some things to say about the Hurricanes. Calling him the Lamborghini goes back to a mid-January when Hurricanes forward Vincent Trocek took offense to being compared to the 33-year-old Bruin. Marshawn replied, comparing a Lambo to a Prius. The smaller hockey market is directly attacking North Carolina because it's a smaller market in hockey. And it's just it was just... You either have to believe that our governor is a profound hurricane hockey fan or someone's writing stuff for him. So anyway, I I just thought it was interesting. You may not. But I was like, this is odd. All the stuff that's going on, because on the next, the very today, 26 minutes ago, the North Carolina Department, it's actually going to take me a little longer to get into the subject. I'll get into it. I'm going to. 
I'm going to. And thank you, Ryan. <laughs> Ryan's keeping me straight today. <laughs> He's keeping me straight today. He's like, Chad is not going to screw this up today. NCDHS is committed. And, and there is a phrase that we've referred to on this show. It's called BIPOC. It is the latest craze in cultural, uh, you know, uh, no, nah, I'm not going to say appropriation because a left leftist phrase. It is the most current phrase in the politically correct speech the cancel culture wants you to use. It's not LGBTQ anymore. It's not uh, It's not Black Lives Matter anymore. It, the new phrase is BIPOC, B-I-P-O-C. Get used to it because it's going to be it's going to be everywhere. It's going to appear in media. It's going to appear in Twitter feeds, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. Teenagers will be tweeting back and forth to each other and Snapchatting each other and keeping their chains going for days at a time. That's where it's going. It's called BIPOC. It means Black, Indigenous, and people of color. BIPOC. And you'll notice uh, there was one last week where someone put an ad out and said BIPOC, 10, 12% off. In other words, if you are a certain color or Indigenous or whatever, then you get a discount. If you're white, you don't, which, you know, th- this kind of stuff gets weirder and weirder. But anyway, so here's what DHHS just put out. DHHS remains committed to reducing the spread of COVID, which has disproportionately impacted black, indigenous and other people of color. This is a way to include Asian, I guess, Inuit, Eskimo, it to include everybody but whites. It's a strange it's a strange exclusionary phrase now that picks up everything. And it's also kind of an attempt to, to acquire other special interest groups under the basis of race. And it's trying to lump everyone together in this, this loosely classified race. So they want to go, and you see it, black, indigenous, and other people of color. That's BIPOC. You're going to hear that phrase. You're going to see that phrase. It's the latest craze in phrases. And it, it's just one that they're going to push, even as they try to hide from a million other things that are going on right now, like the scandal we will talk about next. And and we will, because we do have to get to the Hillary Clinton scandal. It, it's unbelievable that we had a former presidential candidate's campaign, not just spy on the other campaign. That's kind of the level to which this went to. So they spy on the campaign. Not only do they spy on the campaign, they spy on the sitting president, hack a server inside the White House, allegedly. Well, it's in the Durham indictment. He's, he's got it pretty much black and white spelled out. Jake Sullivan, our national security advisor, you see on TV talking about the Ukraine stuff. I mean, I, it, it's, it's close to needing a resignation from him because he's all tied up in it. It's so complicated. Much more to go. Now, a little bit of fun at Charlotte's expense, which if Pete were sitting here, he, I am not. But if he were, he'd be talking about this. I mean, I know Pete. He, he couldn't ignore this. This, this is like, you know, you're, you're looking at that apple tree and there's that perfect apple and you're like, oh, I, I got to have that one. I got to. I'm, I, that's mine. This, this peak couldn't resist. This is low-hanging fruit in the Charlotte market. This, this teed up right there. It's a, it's a 500-yard drive, you know, drive with, the, with the right driver. And it's in Charlotte. So Charlotte last fall had this huge May, Mayor Vi Lyles bold vision to set the standard as an American city for achieving racial equity and social justice. By the way, Racial equity and social justice, very amorphous terms. And what's beautiful about those phrases is you don't really have to ever accomplish anything. You can spend a lot of money. You can have no metrics. You can have no way of measuring it. You have no way. And you can just tout successes all day long without ever having done anything. It's an amorphous phrase. It's intentionally misleading. And believe me, if you come out of college with a racial equity or social justice degree, the only place you're going to work is in something like this. And there's really no metrics. You can just say whatever you want. You can, And people are going to, they're going to clap. 
They're going to nod their heads and they're going to, they're not going to really understand. They're going to, oh, this is wonderful. This is great. It's great initiative. It's fantastic. It's wonderful. Doing great things here in Charlotte. So it's for racial equity, social justice, economic opportunity, and upward mobility through transformational public-private partnerships. It's full of sound and fury, signifying very little, because these things sound good. It isn't that they're, they're, they're not designed to really accomplish anything. They are designed to make a city look like it's doing something that doesn't necessarily need to be addressed because it's already addressed it over the past 50 years. Charlotte is not, is not a, a font of discrimination. It's not. It's not going to be, and maybe, maybe anti one race at some point in time, but it's certainly not with respect to diversity right now. Now, the embarrassing part of this, this is like last fall. There are a lot of stories about it. Uh, 250, I think 250, $250 million, taxpayer dollars. Yes, that free money. You know, when, when everyone says expand Medicaid, it's federal money. It's as if it comes from, you know, I don't know, they have a special well that they just dig it up out of and throw it at you because it's free money. It's the magic money tree. You just throw it at you. So $250 million initiative, a leader, this is this is broke today, and you heard it in the news break, a leader involved with the mayor's racial equity initiative in Charlotte is retired. By the way, something that is just $250 million to make people feel good about themselves is resigning from her role due to the controversy surrounding her link to her previous job. Hmm. What might that be and who might this person be? It's Kim Henderson, hired as executive director of the Employer Office of Inclusion and Advancement of the Mayor's Racial Edge. Think about this. She's the Office of Inclusion. Defined, you know, the inclusion, you look for what you, you go to every department and you look at the makeup, racial makeup of America, depending on how you define race. And then you make sure slots are filled out by every, not just one, two or five, but every potential way you slot races are Hispanic. Is that a race? Is it a race? It shouldn't be a race. It's a culture, but it's included in this kind of social justice stuff. Inclusion and advancement of the mayor's racial equity initiative in Charlotte in February. $250 million initiative looks to address inequities and remove barriers. You know, you could have just given away $250 million and probably done all sorts of things. Henderson's hire was met with scrutiny after media reports pointed out some information linked to her previous job as the director of Ohio Department of Job and Family Services. Now, just keep thinking about that for a second. In Ohio, where she was from, the Ohio Department of Job and Family Services paid nearly $3.8 billion in overpayments and fraudulent cases during the COVID-19 pandemic. What? $3.8 billion? The state auditor said Ohio's Department of Job and Family Services did not provide information. It had about widespread fraud within the unemployment system for months. According to WGRT in Dayton, Ohio, Henderson testified to the House of Representatives in Ohio, admitting to millions of dollars that had been paid out in fraud. In March of 2021, she stepped down from her director role in Ohio and moved to North Carolina. She's come under fire as the leader of an agency marred with problems in its unemployment. So this was known prior to her being hired here and ignored. Ah, uh, no big deal. $3.8 billion in fraud. I don't know. Millions given away. I didn't. I was, I, she was at the helm. And then Charlotte has $250 million, has a quarter of a billion dollars. And this is the hire they make. And they should. this is worth questioning. This entire initiative is worth questioning, but you know why people won't? They're afraid. Oh, you're a bigot. You must be a bigot or a homophobe or a transphobic. You must be something that's bad. 
You can't ask questions out of that one. You can't do it. No, not going to happen. And that's what I'm saying. We need to live in a society where we can ask these. It had, had someone had the courage to really go after this, this would never have happened. But when you get into these feel-good things, feel-good initiatives with millions of dollars, people are afraid. Why are they afraid? They're afraid they're going to be called names and that they're going to be savagely attacked. They're going to be doxxed. Their family's going to be ruined. Their kids are going to be you know, embarrassed. That the, that the media will just go after them. And don't, don't think it's that, that's a real thing. The entirety of, of the way in which media handles things and the way people react, when you go after one of these sacred cows, and people say, oh, you called her a cow. No, didn't. I said, the issue, it's a sacred cow. It's one of these you can't, you can't gut, gore, talk about. You can't get rid of it. Even as, as horrible as it is, and it's, it's just a way, it's just $250 million to feel good about itself rather than actually doing anything. You've got hiring practices. You have OSHA. You have you have so many diversity issues already out there, so many different programs, Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, EEOC. You've got so many. You can go day, day by day. You can find three letters in the alphabet, name it. There's probably a commission or board or group that's trying to prevent what this is aiming to address. And yet another $250 million. And they think, it's gonna, they think they're going to solve this? I mean, Charlotte's one of the most inclusive places around. Research Triangle Park, Cary, another one. Raleigh, another one. Most of North Carolina. It, it is absolutely absurd that this is this is what's going on. And because nobody, when it, when you get to these, nobody wants to ask difficult questions. Then you you perpetrate hiring people that are just not suited for the job, not suited for the gig. I tell you, one of the best best kept secrets out there is this Ryan. I tell you. Ryan, you know, I, I started something a long time ago called the Carolina Plot Hound. It was North Carolina's version of the Drudge Report. And uh, actually, the partner that started with me lives lives in the Charlotte area and, and does some phenomenal writing. But uh, so Ryan, Ryan would have been really good at this. Ryan is fantastic at hunting up things that are poignant, uh, poignant, worth mentioning, you know, that, that dovetail with a lot of what we're talking about today here on the show. Chad, I'm sitting in for Pete Callender here at WBT. News Talk 1110-993-WBT-704-704-570-1110-57, I'm sorry, 704, easy at your area code. You got that. And then 570-1110, 570-1110. You want to get in on the conversation, be a part of the show today? I'm your guest host, Chad Adams. And to the point I was making earlier about Ryan, we were talking about this. It's so funny. I had, And I follow some of the folks that Ryan follows, but he had discovered that Will Kane, uh, formerly, well, anyway, Will Kane who's at, uh, I believe, Fox News, one of the guys. Anyway, L.A. mayor setting world records for holding his breath. It was a tweet because it's the L.A. mayor in SoFi Stadium, the mask required, sitting around talking to his friends. And I love it, said because he, he was that way for hours, just no mask on, talking to friends, having just yucking it up, having a good time. It was a fun. I mean, it's just, it's just absurd. If you're a parent that's forced to put your kid in a mask and you looked at the Super Bowl, especially in California, that was supposed to be, mask mandated regardless of vaccine status but you didn't see any of the illuminati that were out there you know j-lo ben affleck and and look it's so many stories about the super bowl have nothing to do with the super bowl it's kind of funny to me um also one of the things we talked about earlier you know we talked about this inclusion and, and and things and and uh partisan stuff the state of north carolina is really good at vote splitting in other words we're a phenomenal state that looks at who's running and just makes up its mind uh, 
and then it, it goes, people vote for Democrats and Republicans. And, and my good buddies over at the Carolina Journal, my former co-workers, one of the tweets from Carolina Journal, North Carolina has a unique voting history over the past 30 years. Six of the last eight general elections in North Carolina split and voted for a Republican presidential candidate with a Democrat gubernatorial candidate. When you look back to Jim Hunt and George Bush, Jim Hunt and Bob Dole, Mike Easley, George W. Bush, Mike Easley, George W. Bush. Then you got Beth Perdue and Barack Obama. That was the time that they voted in unison. And even Mitt Romney and Pat McCrory. People forget North Carolina went for Mitt the second time when Obama ran. And then Roy Cooper, Donald Trump, Roy Cooper, Donald Trump. It's got to be interesting. That means that a lot of people, that's why I think Roy stays relatively quiet. Because he knows a lot of his base supported the former president and not the current president. So that's why I don't. you don't see a lot of, a lot of huggy Huggy time between Roy Cooper and Biden. He he will he, when when it when it's something he feels is popular. He's all in, but he's not. He Roy Cooper is not the guy. The governor is not the guy you want in stormy waters behind you. He'll be the first guy when you look back and say, "Oh man, that storm! There's a big wave. Get the boat ready." You look back. <laughs> Roy Cooper's on shore, man. He is so far away from that boat. He's like, "Good luck out there. I'm saving my own skin." He's really good at the art of self-preservation really is good at the art of self-preservation. So I just thought and, and appreciate Ryan, you know, Ryan keeping everybody on their toes and I appreciate what he's doing out there to make things wonderful. Now, uh, I do want to get to this, this Hillary Clinton, John Durham story. It's complicated. Uh, some of the key takeaways are more easy to understand when you look at them in list form. And, and if you look at some of the, so I'm going to go a little bit backwards. Normally I would go head first, right into the chasm that is the complexity of this issue. But it's much easier to, to start and, and unwind it from the outside in, or at least I believe it is. So when I look at this, when you look back at some of the tweets and some of the stuff that was going on, remember, we had this Russia, 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 Russia collusion. You had this steel dossier that was propped up in CNN and MSNBC and the other three-letter media outlets and The View and all the rest of the cohort that wanted to help the left. You know, they went after this and they, not, they didn't just go after it. They bought into it. They pushed it and acted like there was some kind of collusion. Even Leslie Stahl in 60 Minutes talking to the former president, he, when he was president, he said, they were spying on me. Oh, you don't have any proof of that. He's like, it's right there. Go look for it. The sad reality is they didn't go look for it. They could have. All of those folks. And the, the beauty of media, there's, there's, you should always, I don't care what your political stripes are, the mark of great media at least should be curiosity. You should be curious. Regardless of your political stripes, you should be curious. They should have asked questions. What if that is true? What if that is true? What does it mean? Who would it involve? What is the motivation behind it? Who paid for it? These things are, they're all germane, but the media just kind of blindly threw its hands up, said, ah, he's Donald Trump. We can, we can assault him. We can go after him. We can attack him. We can attack his family. We can say anything we want to about it. He's wackadoo. We'll, we'll just, we'll assault him. We'll assail him. Never thinking he might be right. Or those around him were right. Or that they started knowing. You know, the FISA stuff looks specious at best. But here's when we go back and we unwind it from the outside in. Presidential, this is from the Daily Mail. If you take all these stories and, and piece them together, it, it makes more sense. Presidential candidate Hillary Clinton on Twitter spread unsubstantiated claims that Donald Trump had, become commun had been communicating with Russians using a secret server. That was untrue. The media bought it. Computer scientists have apparently uncovered a covert server linking the Trump organization to a Russian-based bank, she tweeted, in 2016, October 31st, just days before the election. 
The tweets resurfaced following a bombshell report that claims Clinton's team worked to infiltrate Trump Tower and the White House. The claim was made in John Durham's investigation, which brought charges against an FBI attorney and a former Hillary Clinton campaign worker. And Trump did react to that, said, basically, I was right. I knew I was right. You guys. And and he is right to this point. This would make Watergate pale by comparison. Absolutely pale by comparison. You had three operatives that broke into Watergate and kind of fished around for some stuff, bungled burglary. I mean, it was really, it was a bungled burglary, and it was the cover-up that led to the resignation of the of Nixon. It was just, it was a third-rate burglary at best, but when he knew about it, what he knew about it, the fact that he did and there was a cover-up, boom, gone, no present. This is worse. The presumptive nominee for the Democrats in light of Joe Biden's flagging, failing campaign for 2024, and the fact that Vice President Kamala Harris has poll numbers, you know, melting ice has better numbers. So they were looking to Hillary to resurrect the the dying and the unpopular to, 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 to be great again. And this, she's been oddly quiet on Twitter for the past, since this report broke, nothing from her. And we will talk a little bit more about this because it is it is important. It, it's not as sexy as some, although I, I do think when you've got the sitting National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, that's involved in it, it is... It is very curious. I, I think it, 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 there's enough there. There are acts of treason to be considered. Not just treasonous acts, but there should be some resignations. There certainly are going to be more indictments. There's going to be a lot more arrest. But I doubt you'll see people storming like they did Roger Stone, right? You know, 70-year-old, 68-year-old dude, and the Marines are storming the, his home. <laughs> I doubt you'll see him going after Hillary that way. Much, much more to go. Top of the hour. We'll be back for Hour 2 here at the Pete Callender Show. I'm Chad Adams sitting in. Do stay with us. Two more hours of broadcast excellence.